Hi there, this is David Alexander MacDonald and I'm your director for this installment of The Pendant Shakespeare, A Midsummer Night's Dream. By William Shakespeare. Amazing the way I can say that together with myself. Anyway, um, this is actually the second take of the commentary because the first one got totally screwed up in a technical sense. Uh, sounded like I was trying to leave the microphone all the way through. This is not a good thing and results in an unlistenable commentary. So, take heed all future pendant directors. Do not attempt to reach your microphone. Okay, introducing Melissa Tribble and Paula Cartwright as Puck and Peace Blossom. Our two fairies that uh, fall on the opposite sides of uh, the divide. Puck is very loyal to Oberon, and Peace Blossom is very loyal to Titania. And they're both very flowery, although Puck is uh, probably more mischievous than. Um, Peace Blossom is. The cowslips tall, her pensioners be, in their gold coats. Uh, I considered using music uh, for the forest sequences, uh, for the fairies, but uh, ended up deciding against it in the finish and uh, working to create something of a soundscape. And if you listen, you'll hear um, not only this. Uh, layer of critters uh, that are echoing all over the place, but there is also um, uh, several water sources going on, and uh, those run all the way through the uh, the forest stuff. Um, relatively simple, uh, just a matter of combining the sound effects with um, post-production plugins. I'm um, using multi-tap delays on them. The fairy voices, if you listen closely, you will hear that uh, they all have this very peculiar, um, echoey, ethereal kind of tail and, and echo. That's uh, produced by a plug-in, basically run the vocal through it and uh, mix the uh, effect in with the uh, the main part. Um, this thing called camel space, which I actually uh, used mostly for um, uh, for, for dance music, uh, tracks specifically. And this is uh, a patch called talking violin, which uh, works um, very well with these voices. I went through uh, a lot of different. Um, with um, with the fairy voices because um, I hadn't quite figured out what it was I really wanted to do with them. So uh, I, I did a lot of work with um, different um, sound, different effects, and uh, none of them really sounded that great to me. So uh, the voices are left for the most part untreated and just had that. Uh, extra element blended in um, with the um, forest background that's uh, this present uh, with the uh, uh, with the ambient sounds echoing and 
trailing and fluttering off. Um, it does. It gives you that kind of otherworldly sound, and uh, hopefully it's not overdone. It sounds good to me. It's nice to have the stereo effects. Uh, one of the other things that I did with the fairies is um, the, they move around a lot. However, there are no movement sounds. I considered putting in fluttering, B-wing types of sounds. Oberon's drums. Very brief piece. Uh, introducing him. Uh, Tim Kelby and Teresa J. McGarry. Well, anyway, I decided to leave out the odd movement sounds because it does make for a little bit of mystery. It's like they're moving around, obviously, but you don't hear them uh, in the process of movement. Uh, the voices just tend to drift around. The exception to this is Titania. Titania stays in one place. Uh, she's very laid back. Um, even Oberon moves from time to time, uh, less so than Puck or uh, Peace Blossom. Peace Blossom's flying all over the place. Uh, these performances, Tim is actually uh, quite a distance away from what I originally thought of uh, Oberon. Uh, when I put out the casting call, I was saying kind of a Brian Blessed kind of character. Now the Ilmet by Moonlight Titania. And everybody remembers him from Flash Gordon, you know, the, the Hawkman. Now, Vultan. Anyway, Tim's performances are much, much lighter and. Um, manages to be pompous without being overbearing. <coughs> With um, Titania, I'd, I'd asked uh, Teresa to play her as a uh, very, very laid-back, uh, um, I tend to say California sofa chick, but actually uh, California sofa chicks tend to be uh, not quite so laid-back. But she, you know, she's very laid back, very, very much of the spirits. Oh, has her own pace, oh, which fits with her world. Whereas, uh, of course, in ours, often comes off sounding like whoa. <laughs> guess that when she gets her. Um, and that makes her occasional mo moments of intensity. Um, ever the more impressive because uh, you don't expect it to suddenly come out uh, and be forceful whereas with Oberon of course you expect it uh, and he's always scheming and he's uh, a bit of a trickster and uh, has awful plans uh, and of course both of these characters have been um, having uh, regular affairs with mortals uh, and um, but they've come to loggerheads over uh, something that Oberon wants. It isn't that big of a thing in, in their scheme of things, but to her, of course, it's, uh, it's a major imposition. Here he goes. 
skullduggery. Again, I considered um, music in here beyond the uh, uh, the, the percussion, but uh, again, uh, it it distracts from the um, from the dialogue. It distracts from the performances, and um, uh, it, it can be annoyingly intrusive. So I'd rather not. Uh, uh, rather not overdo that. Uh, so again, sticking mainly to transitional type stuff, introductory stuff, and uh, what has turned into an ongoing thing with uh, Lysander and Hermia, who uh, uh, apparently carry their own um, uh, loot or psaltery player around with them because uh, every time they get together, off it goes. Anyway, if you will patiently dance in our land and see our moonlight revels, go with us. Now, coming up, um, I was talking about uh, uh, not using any sort of movement sounds for the fairies. There is one exception, and that is um, fairies away. We shall chide downright if I longer stay. A brief. Um, well, brief travel sound that I use for the park, which is the sound of a dresser drawer opening and uh, uh, run through some, some filters. Uh, and uh, you know, that's Puck's travel sound when, when Puck is uh, belting off around the world and looking for things. Uh, that's that's the launch sound. Um, Went through uh, a lot of sounds trying to figure out what would work best. Uh, I didn't want to go with the more typical kind of sound. Um, I was already using bell trees for, uh, for, for the, um, uh, the magical elixir moments. Uh, so that was out. And uh, heard this sound, and it's unusual enough in the context to uh, make it stand out and make it interesting. Uh, but uh, it doesn't occur very often, of course. And there he goes. With a complete with a very long tail effect on it. The next thing then she waking looks upon bit on lion, bear, or wolf or bull, on meddling monkey or on busy ape, she shall pursue it. Okay, and coming up after this coming up after this ram from Oberon, we have uh, Demetrius and Helena, uh, played by Daniel Monson and Catherine Pride. Here we go. And I have to say that the uh, Demetrius and Helena make me laugh every time I listen to them. And I've, I mean, I've listened to God knows how many times at this point doing this mix. Uh, I mean, Dan Daniel gets to uh, run with the character in a way that he didn't in the first act. I mean, he only had one line in, in, the, in the entire first act, poor guy. Uh, 
and he does does a great job with it. I mean, Demetrius isn't the smartest of guys. Uh, it's very very put upon, especially by Helena. And Helena, of course, is uh, somewhere where the bus is not run, being played by Catherine Pride, uh, who I thought was wonderful in the first part, and this, you know, she just exceeds that performance by miles. Uh, and this this stuff is great. Um, oh, I'm very 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 happy with this particular. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with the entire cast. One of the things I see being done in uh, uh, a lot of the regular performances of um, A Midsummer Night's Dream is that they tend to make Helena very plain, which uh, really isn't the case. Helena makes herself plain. Uh, she, uh, she has no regard for herself, no self-esteem. Uh, and um, uh, I'm placed to that, and uh, it finally comes out. No, she isn't actually quite that plain or quite that uh, um, that nuts as, as as she acts. Oh, and by and large, thanks to magic and everything else, uh, Demetrius ends up seeing her qualities. Uh, and then ends up favoring her, of course, over, um, over Hermia. But that's jumping ahead. With these, um, yeah, with, the, with these uh, sequences, uh, the humans get motion sounds, uh, footsteps on the brush, um, and so on. Uh, I've had, had a bit more time to um, uh, to work with the mixing. Oh, uh, another day or two, uh, or three or four, uh, to tweak things and adjust things and try different things out. Um, uh, I might have done more with the uh, human motion you know, basically, it's, it's footsteps crunching through foliage and sticks and, um, uh, and, and so on. And uh, <clears throat> to me, on occasion, it, it seems uh, comes off a bit like uh, static in the recording, which is not essentially foliage. Um, where it works really well is uh, as Helen is later exchange with Demetrius and uh, that becoming exhausted and basically stops and uh, steps back and forth a couple of times very heavily then sits down uh, uh, although it almost sounds like somebody pulling over luggage but that's what she's supposed to be doing is she's sitting down and uh, bemoaning her, her, her state anoint his eyes but do it when the next thing he espies may be the lady thou shalt know the man by the Oh, the um, the idea with um, with the fairies is that there's a sense that they almost aren't actually touching the ground. Uh, they move around things, they move over things, they don't step on things or go through things. So, um, this interstitial piece is uh, a sampled Ebo guitar, um, fairly simply played. There's uh, one single plate pass, both hands. Uh, 30 seconds long, 
and this marks the break between scene one and scene two of act two. And um, went with this because I wanted to get a little of the eerie aura of uh, being with the fairies in there. Come. Now a rondo and a fairy song. Then for the third part of a minute, hence. Okay, and just when you hear a little bit louder and closer. Uh, because this is meant to be uh, to turn you close with her fairies in some more intimate situations, so it's a little bit louder. Uh, and then we have the fairy chorus coming up, which is the one place where I made a cut in the script. And there are a couple of reasons this was done. Uh, my best excuse is that um, uh, with just one verse and one chorus, the uh, piece is a minute and a half long as it is, so the full thing would have been three minutes or so. The lame-o excuse is that um, when I created the music, I only laid down tracks for a minute and a half, which <laughs> was a little way short of what was actually needed. Uh, but it seemed a good idea to, um, uh, to to cut the second verse and second chorus uh, just uh, from a, a time viewpoint, and because um, this is so minor key and deliberately dissonant that um, um, yes, my dog barking. Uh, that. Uh, it might have been half a people to listen to three minutes of this. A uh, minute and a half is probably more than enough. Um, instruments in use, there's a hang drum, uh, there's a doo -doo -doo, doo -doo -doo, and uh, a carry-on, uh, which is kind of bell, on the uh, on the other side, on those two instruments. Very, very simple uh, structure. Um, two vocal passes, um, both myself, um, run through harmonizers and uh, and such to uh, uh, not only uh, get the up, but also to uh, give that impression of uh, uh, like nine and ten various singing um, and again a very odd sound. Uh, and then Oberon coming into uh, uh, Ensorful Titania. Despite the fact that Peter Gosson is uh, keeping watch, by the way. Let's see. I guess Peter Gosson uh, used to work for Lex Luthor at the mansion. And uh, Smallville. Oh. Okay, and here we have, um, uh, again, Lysander and Hermia get their own little bit of underscore, uh, from, in this case, Travelling System Player. Oh, uh, little stringed instrument. I guess they have a musician wandering around with them, you know, sits off to one side and plucks away at his instrument. I mean that my heart unto yours is knit so that oh, one again, 
uh, great performances. Uh, David Alt's um, just being uh, sweetly romantic as Lysander, uh, who apparently can't help uh, this. I mean, he's, he's flowery and they just come rolling out. Um, and uh, our apologia is uh, Hermium, who uh, puts across very well Hermia's physical and emotional condition. <laughs> the temptation, no, the temptation, no. Uh, but she is uh, a girl of good breeding and background, so she does the polite thing. Not that it leads to uh, uh, to a particularly great place, of course, because um, certain individuals make the wrong observation and uh, things begin to spiral down from there. Uh, don't make them like that anymore. Uh, these days, you know, it'd be more along the lines of, Hey, Clotilde, you awake? <laughs> that laugh <coughs> from uh, Melissa was uh, uh, actually an outtake, ad lib if you like. Uh, it says something funny and she, uh, 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 she, uh, she giggled and it was caught on the, uh, in the file. So, uh, I took it and stuck it in there and uh, ran it through various effects and panned it uh, ruthlessly. I mean, it bounces, bounces around like a, like a hyperactive ping pong ball. You know. Great if you listen on headphones, like, oh, you know, of course, if you're listening on headphones, you're also hearing the other effects that are on the voice right now. <laughs> it's like, uh, she's all over the place. I'm all over the place. I'm the director. Very brief transitional. Uh, single pass on the uh, keyboard. Um, simple chords. Ding, 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 hey. boom. Oh, they'll kill me, sweet Demetrius. And back to Helena and Demetrius. And do not haunt me thus. Oh, wilt thou, darkling, leave me? Do not so. Stay on thy peril. I alone will go. <laughs> no, oh, I'm out of breath in this fond chase. And as you sit down, prayer, the lesser is my grace. Happy is Hermia, wheresoever she lies, for she hath blessed and uh, I think Hermia, now uh, Helena has um, some of the so best lines in this, um, so, uh, in, in this story. Let's get some of the best ranty no. speeches. I'm as ugly as a bear. <laughs> for beasts that meet me run away for fear. No, I'm Therefore, totally, no totally, as far as I'm concerned, totally selfless. I mean, uh, it's, it's a great performance. Uh, I, I would certainly, you know, uh, with, uh, with, with the actors in this um, production, uh, I would Definitely hold them up against uh, many of the um, professional casts that have done Midsummer over the years. Uh, I know, I've, uh, I've heard uh, BBC productions of, of this 
with cats that uh, uh, don't uh, don't measure up in the slightest. I mean, uh, this is a terrific set of performances. Uh, and uh, I couldn't be happier about the way this has worked out. I mean, uh, it's actually my uh, uh, debut as an audio drama director, and um, uh, a guy, uh, I was given this great cast. Um, so, uh, we should all have this sort of luck. Which is not to say that doing Supergirl isn't fun, because that's uh, a lot of fun too, it's just a different kind of fun. Oh, and in some respects it's a lot easier than doing this. Uh, I mean, uh, just trying to think here how... Uh, this um, act has worked out to around 30 minutes with the uh, titles and end credits. And uh, the actual number of script pages, looking at the script, 13 pages of script. Uh, there's a rule of thumb in um, drama production, television and radio, that is one page per minute. And this is most definitely not the case with, these, uh, uh, with, with, with Shakespeare. Uh, I mean... Uh, that's better than two minutes a page. Part of it is because some of these speeches are incredibly long, and um, uh, the layout is not traditional. Uh, this is not television script format, so got wider dialogue lines. Oh, more in the form of a play, in fact. Uh, now this has me worried for the next act because. Uh, the next one's 23 pages, I believe. Yeah, 21. Oh, excuse me. Uh, 22 pages. So, I'm uh, probably looking at... <laughs> now, 45, 50 minutes, I guess. And are uh, running with it again? Oh, uh, waking up in a panic? The thought of serpent ate my heart away. You said smiling. I just call brave. Oh, there's a bit at the end of this uh, couple of um, moments that she lets out, which were actually at the beginning of uh, another take of hers. But it fit with the uh, 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 the way that um, this particular. Uh, performance was uh, was coming out uh, and of course with the scene Where are you it does end the acts of kind of downer though I mean with fear. Uh, scary no? position to be in dark enchanted forest then I will perceive you all not lie to the death so or you I'll find immediately what will happen next and here we have the end credits, same music as last time. Well, there's some nice uh, thing. And, um. Defendant Shakespeare. Amid some me nice trying my best to sound as fruity as possible. By William Shakespeare. Hi, 
I am the self-important announcer, making important announcements. Thank you very much. Mind the gap. Teresa J. McGarry as Titania, Daniel Munson as Demetrius, Catherine Fry as Helen. Anyway, that's take two of the um, commentary, and I uh, hope this is coming out better than the previous take. And I'll see you again in a month's time. Well, actually, I'll see you before then if you listen to Supergirl, because um, Supergirl 8 is coming up. Check it out, folks. Good night. Jeffrey Bridges. For more information, go to pendantaudio.com. Thank you for listening.